and welcome to another meeting of the After School Anime Club. My name is Max Newland. I am your co-host and one of your chapter co-presidents. And with me, as always, are my other friends and co-hosts and chapter co-presidents. Uh, first of, first up, let me introduce uh, Max Kostrak. I'm the other Max Kostrak. Here I am. Max, do you remember when we uh, tried to convince everyone you had a silent F at the end of your name? I'll never forget it, and it worked, and sometimes it still comes up to this day. Kostrak. That, that was 10 years ago that we started doing that. Yeah, it turns out you can really, um, you can really plant some seeds. Uh, also with me today is another one of the chapter co-presidents of the After School Anime Club, and her name is Stevie Matos. Hello, Stevie. Hello. Hello. Here are two. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm so happy That's that you're it. here. I'm so happy that we're all here together. You know, we spent some, we, we've spent some really lovely time in Okayama Prefecture with the Masaki, with the extended Masaki family. And unfortunately, that time comes to a close today because we watched episodes six and seven of the first OVA for Tenchi. I think Uyo. we'll come back to Tenchi eventually, right? We will. The, Tenchi is low-key the reason I started this podcast, so we're going to come back yeah, to Tenchi. Yeah, we know. Everyone knows it's not a secret. <laughs> yeah, we know. So we follow you on Twitter. You follow me on Twitter, the the Ryoko only zone at Max Newland underscore. Is that yeah, not so your hand? Have you not changed your handle to Ryoko, to the Ryoko only zone? Well, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to get on that exposure tip. You know, I want people to know. I mean, it's that's me. real. That's fair, Valen. Before before we get started on the show, I of course have prepared a game for you. Yes. Uh, and I I'm really hyped up. We we won last time, Stevie. So yeah, like, both of you won. Yeah, we actually smoked it. <laughs> yeah. This one is uh, a little different, but it's gonna it's kind of it's kind of reminiscent of of last uh, last episode's game. Okay. So come with me today as we play a game that I call Spinoff Sensation. So here's the here's the game. I am going to describe to you the plot of an anime series. You have to tell me whether this anime that I've just described to you is part of the official Tenchi franchise or not. Oh, like the core run? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, well, just part of the Tenchi franchise. The, the Tenchi franchise okay. is large. There are many properties. Um, I Got have, it. of course, omitted names and proper nouns that would give it away. Right. Um, because some Tenchi series involve actual Tenchi and some Tenchi series involve, like, his relatives or his friends. Okay, got it. So, okay, got it. Yeah, so you're going to get a brief description. You tell me whether that's Tenchi or whether I've described a, a different anime that is not Tenchi related. Got it. Okay. Um, I believe I started with Stevie last time. So we're going to start with you today, Kostrak. Okay, pressure's on. <laughs> so here is your anime. A 15-year-old boy unwittingly travels from his homeland on Earth to the alternate world of Geminar, where war is waged using Seikijin, or sacred mechanoids. With his kindness, tenacity, and skill, our hero becomes a celebrity in the academy where Seikijin pilots train, earning him the affection of many of its female students. However, a secret faction is working behind the shadows inside the academy, and a wide-scale conflict which will engulf the entire world of Geminar in war. Is this a Tenchi franchise? The, the fact that you're calling the protagonist skilled 
makes me think that no, this is not a dead sheep franchise. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Uh, unfortunately, that's incorrect. This is what? Tenchi Muyo War on Geminar. Um, and the 15-year-old boy in question is Tenchi's cousin, Kenshi Wait, Masaki. Wait, it's not Tenchi? No. Tenchi Masaki. It's Kenshi. Yeah, Tenchi's 17. This kid's only 15. Um, it is an isekai. When was this made? This is from, I think, 2004, 2005. That's an early isekai. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Just like Tenchi Muyo was an early harem anime. Huh, yeah. trendsetting. This franchise has kind of been a trailblazer, weirdly. And yeah, the entire fourth OVA of the series is dedicated to like justifying the existence of this anime, unfortunately. Um, so it's not great. People don't love it. Oh, no. Well, I've dropped this ball on the ground. Stevie, if you were welcome to pick it up. I will do my I will do my best. God, I hope it's something. I hope I get like something like Gurren Lagan. Come on. Here we go. <laughs> this series, loosely based on the legend of Momotaru, is set in the past in the city of Takahashi, Okayama, a real city in the real world whose tourism board sponsored the creation of this uh, series, which is made up of 64-minute episodes. Our main character must travel back in time to stop a calamity in his own world, and in the process, runs into many of the friends he would make in his own timeline, and has to help them work together to save their future. Is this a Tenchi series, yes or no? Um, go back in time? Mm-hmm. I feel like no. I feel like no. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Okay, well, yeah. unfortunately, this is a Tenchi series. What? Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> this show is called I Tenchi Muyo. I as in AI, the word for love in Japanese. Oh. And it is actually the first... I haven't watched it. Um, I have seen some bits of it that did not impress me, but it is notable okay. because it is the first time that Patria Bertrand returned to voice Ryoko in a main tension series. That's dope. I, so the thing is, I got super caught up on the time because I was like, mm. are we, this isn't Inuyasha, right? This isn't Inuyasha, right? And I was like, there's, there's going to be some shit in Tenchi in the future. So, you know, just wait. Okay. <laughs> time travel's okay. not going to, not going to tip your anti-Tenchi radar. Uh, uh, by the time we're done with this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, Max, it's it's up to you next. Okay. This series revolves around a teenage otaku who has no friends and spends all his time on a website where he blogs about visions that only he can see. Visions of Mecha locked in an eternal war. One day he is sent to a parallel world where these Mecha exist for real, and he joins a company to fight back against the devious Rara who want to take over the world. Is this a Tenchi series? Uh, the fact that I didn't hear the mention of a single girl in there makes me think that, no, this is not a Tenchi series. Final answer. Sorry, this is a Tenchi franchise series. What is going on? What? Are the, answer they... is, the answer is all A. The answer is all A. Not a single fucking Tenchi character appears in this goddamn television Wait, what? show. What? Why is this a Tenchi? It's called Dual Parallel Trouble Adventure, and it <laughs> takes place in the same universe as Tenchi, but does not interact with any of the Tenchi characters. Can I, can I get that count? title one more time? <laughs> it's Wait, not the yeah. most outlandish one you're going to hear today. It's Dual Parallel Trouble Adventure. <laughs> oh no, the first thing that comes up in the search bar. Yep. I'm furious. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh. 
All right, that one hurt. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Are you ready, Stevie? You're oh, up next. Oh, my. You know what? I might as well be. Let's go. A young man with a kind heart and superhuman strength leaves his village on Sandy Planet, parentheses, a desert world, in search of a runaway friend. During his heroic quest, he's accidentally engaged to a renegade space pilot. Now they're on the run from the evil emperor of the galaxy and his bumbling henchmen. But even worse than the incompetent bad guys are the disastrous cooking contest, exploding spas, and cheerleading aliens. Is this a Tenchi series? Cheerleading aliens? That's what it says on the back of the box. Anyway. Desert planet. Desert. Oh, no. I, I want to say no, but I bet you it's a Tenchi. I'm going to say yes, and let me be wrong. Watch. I'm gonna, yes, it's a Tenchi. Is that I, final answer? Yeah, it's a final answer. See, it's always A. <laughs> well, you're correct. You've earned the first point. Yes. <laughs> this is called, and and let, just, just want to make sure we all hear this. This is called Photon the Idiot Adventure. <laughs> What? That's really what All they right. call it. No. <laughs> I did not um, realize Tenchi was this far-reaching. Yeah. Again, you, just like Dual Parallel Trouble Adventure, there are no Tenchi characters that appear in this. Uh, the only connection is that this takes place far in the past in the same world as War on Geminar. Oh, so this is okay. Okay. So this like establishes some world-building stuff for War on Geminar. Got it. Oh my gosh. Okay, there really is no need for Tenchi. There is no We can yeah. just go have all these other adventures. Absolutely, like 100%. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. Yeah, right? Right, correct. I have two more for you. Okay, let's go. One more each. So this one's for Here you, Kostrak, number five. Okay. A young girl is chosen by a mysterious goddess to wield the power of justice so that she can one day become queen of an alien planet. In her way stands another young girl, a friend of hers, also tapped for greatness by a rival goddess vying for the same position. This three-episode OVA ends with a very confusing cliffhanger. Okay, based on my context knowledge of Tenchi, I am going to say yes, this is a this is Sasami. Great job! <laughs> Good job. Yes. This is this series I've just described as magical girl pretty Sammy. <laughs> Sasami becomes kind of like a Sailor Moon type character. All of the Tenchi characters are in it. Their relationships are kind of shuffled around. Like Tenchi is her big brother now. She's not related to Ayaka anymore. Okay. What? Like an AU? Yes. Oh my god. There's just we're just wait. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> AUs. If you couldn't tell, AUs are a pretty big part of the Tenchi franchise. Absolutely. 100%. This is what? Okay, Stevie. Okay, last one. It's all coming down to this. Oh, God. This series revolves around a computer programmer with super hacking abilities who doesn't work for money, but his demeanor doesn't quite suit the jobs he's hired for. With the evil king of America causing trouble via the internet, <laughs> our hero is nothing but busy as each new adventure brings even more interesting people into the picture. Is this a Tenchi series? Evil King of America. Yeah, evil just, King of America. Using the internet. <laughs> using the internet. 
This one's kind of prophetic when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. It hurts in a deep part of me. Um, I'm going to say yes because I just really feel like these are all Tenchi spinoffs. Yeah, you guys figured out my game here. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked six series that are spinoffs. This is called Battle Programmer Shirase. <laughs> And uh, actually, I'm cheating a little bit here because it's a spinoff of Magical Girl Pretty Sammy, not a spinoff. Oh, it's a spinoff of a spinoff. It's, spin-off. it's literally it's spinoffs on top of spinoffs in this fucking oh franchise. Oh, God. Well, you guys did great. I think I think Stevie won that. I think you got two points yes. to Max's did one. Stevie did oh, okay. win. Okay. Like by Congratulations. One, though, right? Thank you. I just, you know, I just realized that For we, all were that's worth. By, we were going by standardized test rules. All right. Like, answers always C. Or A, one of them. Uh, standardized test rules. You just spell out the word hello on your sheet using the bubbles. And then they, they see that and they think, what a nice person. I absolutely did that on the ACT and somehow managed to get a 17 in the math. Holy shit. Not bad. No, that was that's one level, like any um, one, one point lower, and I would have had to be in remedial math my first year of college. Yeah, but you also <laughs> guessed. I guessed so hard. <laughs> I guessed Yes, so hard. I'm pretty, okay? Not smart. And and you know karate. I so do know karate. That's worth something. Yeah. All of that's worth something. I know it. I know. Strong Mihoshi vibes in this house. Are you guys ready for the summary? Let's go. Yes. I love these summaries. Yes. Okay, I had a tr- I had a tough time with the summaries this time because a lot yeah, fucking the happens second in these episodes. Just like vignettes. Yeah, it's just chalk ball. This week we watched episodes six and seven of the Tenshi Muyo Ryooki OVA number one. In episode six, We Need Tenshi tells a complex story that flips between three subplots. Ryoko and Aieka fight Kagato, setting aside their rivalry and working together to great effect. Mihoshi, separated from the group by her cube, frees a pink-haired girl from a prison in the mirror world beneath the Soja. This is Washu, the greatest scientific genius in the universe, who created not only this ship, but Ryooki and Ryoko as well. The third storyline follows Tenchi, saved by Azaka and Kamidake. He meets Tsunami, another embodied tree spirit like Funaho and Ryuo, who shares with him the secret of Jirai's power. Just as it seems Ryoko and Ayaka might be a match for Kagato, he plays his trump card, sapping the power from Ryoko's jewel to charge his big gun, which he fires at planet Earth. At the last second, the Lighthawk wings appear again before Kagato can finish draining Ryoko's energy, and Tenchi arrives to finish things up. His rusty old piece of junk isn't enough on his own, however, and Kagato steals the power from all the gems. Who needs gems, though? When all hope seems lost, Tenchi manifests the Lighthawk wings from within his own body and defeats Kagato with a single blow. After some tension-breaking fun, Kagato's ship explodes. But because this is primarily a comedy show, everyone's okay. Back at the Masaki family home, it's just another peaceful breakfast. Finally, Episode 7, The Night Before the Carnival, delivers on the show's premise in a big way. Ryoko, worried for Tenchi's safety, has been watching him all night. She's having some privacy issues, it seems. Tenchi remembers to pass on a gift to Aieka from Tsunami, a seed of her ship, Ryuo. She can't do anything with it without little Washu's help, though, and together they hatch a plan. 
A bit later, Washu's zeal to study Tenchi's biology leads them to a very dark place before Mihoshi interrupts. Later, Ryoko and Aieka vie for Tenchi's affection with lessons learned from Nobuyuki's literal library of shoujo manga, including some feeble meet-cutes and an attempted horoscope pairing. After some Ryooki antics, the two girls have a moment of peace in the floating bathhouse, hatching a plan to get Washu and Mihoshi out of the way. A quick prank call later and Mihoshi is headed back to space where her boss is stunned that she completed the suicide mission he sent her on, and she requests a new assignment, patrolling the solar system. Back on Earth, Ryoko sneaks into Tenchi's room, but his new security system drops her in the lake. That night, Sasami is awakened by a disturbing nightmare, and Ryoko and Aiega fight outside of Tenchi's bedroom. Neither gets to spend the night with him, thanks to the aforementioned security system, and both end up outside just in time for Mihoshi to crash her ship into the house, destroying it completely. As the episode ends, everyone awakens in the floating bathhouse, just in time to see Ryuo's sprout take root. And that's the end of Tenchi Muyo, Ryooki. It's all come full circle. It truly does. You know, we start with a crash, we end with a crash. We start and end with a bang. Yeah, Big first my school is destroyed, now it's my home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going to jump around on the, on the subject of Please school. Do. Talking about, so my favorite was, there were so many subplots in episode seven, but my favorite one, well, one of the bigger plots was Ayaka and Ryoko trying to learn how to flirt oh my god using dude. using ma- manga it's the best it was shit. so funny incredible <laughs> it, was, it was when she sent him a note and she was like i'll meet you after school and he's yeah. like after school like i haven't been to school in a month what are you talking and about? then she's and then she's waiting at the shrine and it's dark and raining and she's like school should be over by now <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um i really enjoyed the reveal that Tenchi's dad like literally has a library full of shoujo manga. Yes, correct. That's that was ridiculous. <laughs> it was just so many cuts of books like pile it all on top of pile each on, other. Pile on, pile on, pile. The 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 Masaki family house is like this labyrinth that's kind of always different in every episode. <laughs> like you never <laughs> yes. know what's gonna be there. It's a really big house too. Like when they zoomed out, like and you saw like the the actual house itself. With, like it was actually first of all, it was yeah. gorgeous. It was like purple and green. I might be giving away some stuff that I could save for trivia later, but no, uh, Tenchi's dad, Nobuyuki, is a architect, and he actually designed the Masaki home himself. Oh, that's cool. Oh. I love that. This is based on Masaki Kajishima's own home life. His father was an architect as well, um, oh. and he got his, his dr- starts as an illustrator by copying his dad's drawings. That's really cool. So I feel like there's a lot that is taken from the author's life in this because we've talked about the prefecture before. Oh, yeah. And mm. some of the, the local issue and pieces here. So this is very much a personal story right. um, with some alien girls added in. Right. Personal. Who oh. are all related to each other. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. So, yeah, you guys right. met one of my favorite characters, Little Washu. Very interesting character. Um, <laughs> I like Washu Quite a lot. an intro. So, yeah, so the, we meet Washu on board the Soja because apparently Kagato used to be her student, which I, yes. there's only one line in the show that justifies that, but I guess that's mm-hmm. the relationship. I, okay, go ahead, please explain because I need, I need this question yeah, thank answered. thank you. Please explain. I need this question All answered. I know is that she was his, his teacher at one point. And right. then he imprisoned her in the mirror world that she created on, like, the underside of his spaceship. 
okay, great. Okay, cool. That's that's what I got. And I was like, wait, you, you, he didn't, student didn't kill the master, but put the master in a parallel dimension. And the guarded by snakes. Like, guarded by snakes. And the master's like, yeah, I guess this is fine. <laughs> what has Washu been up to? I like, does she, did she notice time passing or, or? I don't know. She's been in a crystal. You know how it, you, it, you know sometimes how Sometimes you just, for 2000 years, you go in a crystal. Sometimes when you think real, real hard, you got to take a nap. Sometimes you got a big brain, you got to sleep. I don't know. And let's talk about her intro a little bit because it's Mahoshi who, who finds yes. her, right? And yes. the first by fighting big snakes and reading them the Miranda rights. Yeah. By accidentally, I still don't understand how, by somehow accidentally getting trapped in the mirror world. That little cube helps her, like, jump between parallel universes, Yeah, she has a, a plot cube. Yeah, <laughs> plot cube, yeah. Literally it's a, a plot a, Her cube. sonic screwdriver, her yes. space tech. Quite literally. Oh, my God. Now, because I know this show has so many AUs on it now, I'm, like, deep in the paint here with <laughs> Doctor Who Mihoshi crossover shit. <laughs> but yeah, her little cube is the thing that like keeps her like in a certain reality, I guess. And that thing like malfunctions and like put her through the floor. So I think the the cube's purpose is to be like I, I think Max had it on had, had the nail on the head. It it is kind of like a sonic screwdriver like device that Absolutely. is Absolutely. Yeah, they call it a control cube, I think. There we go. So I think the idea is that she's somehow controlling the soja with it. She's controlling Kagato's ship, which allowed her to to like enter oh. the mirror world. But according to Washu, this mirror world is like a separate dimension that you can't right. just enter and leave whenever you want. So what's the truth? Right. That's that was my thing. I was like, hold on. But they got out of it eventually. I was very confused there for a minute. But what I wasn't confused about was her bunny tail on her spacesuit, which I really loved. Always appreciate uh, Mihoshi's That's just a fashion tail. choice. I would cosplay as her all the time. Her costume in this episode? Really great. I actually genuinely like yeah. All of the costumes, like Ryoko's got her battle suit on. Oh, yeah. Everybody looked very cool. The battle suits are fucking clutch, okay? Yeah, no, 100% agree. It's sick. With the cool fucking paint on her face? Yeah. Dope. And her hair gets a little darker, too, I think. Yeah. Which is interesting. Everybody gets cool as hell. That was cool. And it was actually, you know what? When it comes to animation, like the fight animation, it was yeah. really cool to see Ayaka actually whip ass. Like, that was yeah, cool. Dude. Even though it's like two floating heads, it was cool to see how Ayaka's, like what Ayaka's powers were and how they worked. And I thought that was pretty, pretty rad. I like that. Yeah, because we have not really seen that up till now. Her yeah. really mm-hmm. doing some shit. Yeah, no. It's only been, it's only been really Ryoko. Mihoshi has never really had the opportunity. She's just been drunk most of the time. Um, so it was cool to watch her just like come in with a bazooka, essentially, and be like, excuse uh-huh. me, um, wait for me, please, to readjust large gun on her shoulder. <laughs> like, she's moving. Like. I, th- I thought the fighting between the, the Ayaka Ryoko pair and Kagato, I really enjoyed that. That was a cool fight. There were some really good shots in that. So, yeah, that and this fight. great team-up energy, like Ryoko and Ayaka working together works for me. Um, yes. And like their powers combine in very interesting ways. Like Ayaka at one point uses her little like mini guardians to like hold Kagato while Ryoko goes in for the for the big blow. Where she drops a column on him, I think. Yes. Right. Oh my god. And then she just Ryoko like merges with the column and becomes a giant stone Ryoko. 
Yeah. Very cool. cool. Ryoko has this like Superman thing going on where she just pulls powers out of nowhere that Mm -hmm. nobody heard of before. Yeah, I have not understood anybody's powers so far, but it's okay. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the spectacle, right? Right. This isn't, this isn't a fighting anime. This is, this has fights in it. Yeah. Now. This is a this is like a gag anime with fighting. Yeah, it's a good boom. It's a good yeah, movie. I was like, I said, this is a fantasy set in space with pew pews. We've got lasers. They don't do laser stuff. This is not science fiction. And what I love about it not being like hard sci fi is they don't have to explain yeah. any of that shit either. Like, no. we don't... oh yeah, one throwaway line here or or anything like that. But it's no. not trying to it's not trying to get you on board. The soja mm-hmm. is cool and powerful because Washu made it. That's all you really need to know. Like Kagato yep. is cool and powerful because, and, and like it was a big mystery why Kagato was so powerful, but now we know he was Washu's student. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. That's the most important information. Also, we also know that he absolutely has a thing for Andrew Lloyd Webber. So yep. also crucial information. <laughs> <laughs> Real phantom vibes. Yep. <laughs> it was, I was literally sitting there painting my nails and I just happened to look down because I was putting on my first coat and when he hit that organ, I snapped my head up so fast and knocked over the bottle of blue. I was like, <laughs> really? I was trying not to make another Phantom of the Opera joke in this next podcast episode, but I guess here the fuck we are. He's inviting it. It's Chekhov's uh, organ. If you introduce an <laughs> organ in Act 5, you got to have a, a pasty weirdo play it in Act 6. <laughs> It would have been disappointing if he didn't play it. Honestly, I, I would have been mad if, it, if if we didn't hear those those keys get tickled. I would have been annoyed because I would have been robbed <laughs> of the joke. So uh, what's going on with uh, Tenchi? You guys got any um, any questions? He's not about... dead. No, he ain't dead. Just sitting in a bubble, huh? Just sitting in a bubble. I find it funny that Azaka and Kamidake have no comment about the fact that they saved his ass. <laughs> When typically they yeah, are very quiet talkative. this whole time. They they form a magic force field around him. He communes with the ship or whatever. Yep. And they're just like chilling out. Uh, can we actually can we talk about these two guys for I would a love minute? That. Let's yes, just please. let's just shift. It, it's not just here. Uh, I think my favorite moment of them is the 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 end of the episode, and I think a little bit in episode seven where they're acting as <laughs> guard posts to the house almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to the house gate. And they're like scaring away like- mailmen. <laughs> It's a good day for breakfast. It's a really nice day out. <laughs> just chill. Super chill. Look, they're just, they're silent, good dudes, you know? The good guy Gregs of the universe. They don't need thanks. They're Solid do bros. Job. Solid bros. Solid wood. Solid wood. <laughs> do y'all have any questions about the uh, relationship between Tsunami and Sasami? I wanted to make sure we get on that. Uh, no, actually, my questions are about the relationship between Washu and her daughter. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So when Washu, when Rio, so okay, this is confusing to me because it took me a second to realize what was going on here. So Kagato turns Ryoko to stone at one point. Right. He just does that to her, um, and then Washu like brings her into the mirror world and revives her. Just sort of turns off the petrification. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was a neat touch. When she brought her into the mirror world, her sprite flipped. Did you guys notice that? Oh, no. I did not. Her, um, the black stripe on her face went over to the other side, the way it would if she was reflected huh. in a mirror. Oh, that's cool. I did not clock that. That's dope. Um, nice. But yeah, Washu apparently created Ryoko from one of her egg cells. Her literal eggs. <laughs> 2,000 years ago this happened. 2,000. So Ryoko is a 2,000-year-old, like, artificial human who is 
kind of halfway a clone of Washu. Which explains why they kind of look alike. And of course, the first thing Washu does is criticize her body. Yeah, uh, not a great scene. Horrible scene. It's just, it's just gross because she's like, she, she makes an ageism comment and she uh-huh. makes like a, she makes like a body, a body image comment. And it's like, what? What? And then she's like, I'm your mom. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Yeah, and then she drops the mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, this is another familial relationship that gets torpedoed in later Tenchi uh, continuities. Good, because like there was that there's that brief moment where like Ryoko's like, but I've been on my own for like 2000 years. And then she like yep. tries to get sentimental about it. And it's like, we don't have time for this. The Phantom is tearing down the opera house. Like, get it mm-hmm. together. Your boyfriend like, is probably dead. Your boyfriend's dead. We have bigger problems. Absolutely. There are a lot of really fun scenes, I thought, between Washu and Mihoshi in this as they just sort of provide, like, commentary on the fight. Oh, yeah, they're cheering on with the fans and they're they're going over the the ship plans. Yeah, they seem like they would be friends. And then episode seven, Mihoshi has to go away. And little Washu's like, whatever, whatever to everybody. And I'm like... I don't know how I feel about Little Washu. I feel like she's all over the place. I feel like they did not. They introduced her in episode six. They mm-hmm. did not decide on how they wanted to, how, how they wanted her to function within the whole story. Yeah. I think that's really insightful, Stevie, um, because I have similar feelings. Yeah. I just, it just seems like they, they brought her in, one, to kind of, kind of deus, deus ex the mm-hmm. part this of machina. like, yeah, like deus ex is machina a little bit. And then it was also kind of like, they're like, oops, well, we're done with the OVA. Guess she's here now. <laughs> well, yeah, because this was, six was supposed to be the end, right? Yeah. Six was the end. Seven is is an, is an extra one on top of that. Yeah. Right. So this is a character that was introduced halfway through the very last episode. Correct. Gets a bunch of screen time, and then that's the end. Yeah, that's right, the that We don't it. even see like a, there. notably, this is kind of, like, this is a bit weird. There isn't even like a wrap-up scene at the end of episode six. Like, no. we kind of all, everybody gets to relax on Kagato's ship after Tenchi defeats him. Mm-hmm. But then when we come back to Earth, you just see the Masaki house. You don't actually see any of the, the extended Masaki family. Right. If I was to be really cynical, we don't know they're alive because the scene before that, the whole space station they're on blows up. Like completely from the center explodes. That's fair. And it's right after, like they're talking and then it blows up. They're not like prepared to leave. They're just having a conversation. I think they're even like, how do we get out of here? And then it blows up. They really were. They were like, oh, well, they were like, oh, I guess we should leave, huh? And they're like, yep. It's a good thing I know how to leave. Doesn't show how they leave or something like that. They leave. They apparently teleport onto Rio Oki. I hope. (laughs) I guess. And then, like, Kagato's ship just explodes. Yes. Turns into space dust. Did I miss the justification for Kagato's ship exploding? Or did did somebody mention? (laughs) I did not. It was its time. (laughs) <laughs> was that literally what they said? I no, that. no. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming is time to die. <laughs> it began to curdle and it said, never mind. I shall shuffle off this mortal coil. No, I did not actually catch that real talk, though. Wait, I do have a question about Susami and Tsunami. Oh, please. Do good. Susam- Su- Susami asked for Tsunami's help, right? And that was the whole prayer in front of the tree thing? Yes, correct. And so, the, yeah, so the ghost that floated in front of Tenchi was not grown-up Sasami. That's what well, I thought at first. Now, here's, here's the question. What? Eh? Here's the question I'm going to pose to you. 
Sasami and Tsunami are kind of treated as like one and the same by the series. Okay. So I don't think it's really inaccurate to to think of her as grown-up Sasami, but it's not like grown-up Sasami traveling from the future. It's just like no. she has the capability of transforming into an adult version of herself when when needed. Okay, that's also what I began to glean after a while when Tenchi was in that like spirit world thing and he was like, I've got to go help him. But he's talking to Tsunami the whole time. And there's another key piece of this, which is that Jirai royal ships. Not only are they both spaceships and trees, they're also people. That's right. Yes. Notably, Yosho's ship Funaho is his mom. It is yeah. literally his what? mother who became a spaceship, who became a tree. Oh, my head hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so Tsunami is not only kind of a Sasami's like alternate self, but also a like secret warship of Jirai. Right. Huh. Which right. is which is what that ship was that appeared in between Earth and Soja when yeah. when he was shooting that big gun. Okay, cool. Okay, got it. Cool. Okay. That also, this episode sense. has that cool fucking uh, Akira Kurosawa thing yeah. where the two the two sword guys dash past uh, each other and then one of them dies. It's yes. my favorite thing. That never that ever thing. gets old to me. No. no. And I can no. say that honestly because I'm a fan of One Piece. That never. <laughs> ever gets old to me. <laughs> See, you know, I can say it honestly because I'm a fan of Samurai Shampoo and it happens all the time oh, in that. Yes. And it happens all the time in um, Afro Samurai and it happens, oh, I just love it. I love it all the time. I think um, live it action. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. Live action, 12 Samurai. Hell fucking yes, dude. Fuck yeah, I love that movie. But God, yeah, no. The, the run past each other, you see one person crumble and it's zoom out. As a kid, I saw that happen, and I thought he got Tenchi because it cuts to Tenchi, and he's got like the space laser after yeah, it. Yeah, looks like he got yeah. cut. Yeah, and then it 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 just fades away. I guess Very that's cool. the Lighthawk wings at work. Hell yeah! Very yeah, which by the way, this, the the Lighthawk Hawk wings, all this stuff. What it really comes down to in the end, and Tenchi says that he has to trust in his own power. The power <laughs> was inside him all along. Mm -hmm. He did not need the sword penis he did not need <laughs> the balls nope <laughs> just needed guts just needed guts that's just all it takes guts. <laughs> when i was a kid i looked at that sword that he created mm -hmm. and my read on it was that it was a tube <laughs> sorry just what? A just you, know, a you know what i'm talking about you know the, the sword he creates out of the lighthawk wings it like yeah. forms yeah. from the hilt goes all the way to the top and then there's like a little circle at the top yeah uh -huh. yeah i was like oh that's a hole this is a tube he's got like a like a like a fanoodle or something <laughs> like a bubble wad? like a pool what? noodle uh, yeah like a pool noodle <laughs> and the tactical advantage here or the purpose I is i don't fucking know dude shoots water out of the top. No, literally, my, <laughs> as a kid, I was like, oh, he can put the jewels in the little hole. Oh, yeah, just that load them in sense. there. Just I don't know why them. I thought this shit. Fill them like a Pez dispenser. Hey, you were nine. We don't, we're not going to judge It's true. You. No yeah. judgment. No judgment. A thing we learn later on is that the jewels that are in, I don't know whether this is like in an OVA later or if Masaki Kajishima was just doing an interview and he's like so this is what's what's up with the jewels but supposedly the jewels that Ryoko has and the jewels that are in the Tenchi sword are different um, and specifically oh. the jewels that Ryoko has are like evil jewels that Kagato created that allow him to mind control her which is what happened in episode 5 makes sense okay and they're like also like power limiters so if she 
if she's using her Kagato jewels, she is much weaker than she's supposed to be. Oh. Interesting. So, like, full power Ryoko would have not, there would, this would not have been a, 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 an issue. Full power Ryoko right. yeah, would have just that. Yeah, Sancho. Washu mentions that. It's like, oh, she's not, she's not going a whole hog because she'll burn Ayaka to shreds or something like that. Well, that's the other thing, too, is that she also is now friends with Ayaka in a weird, twisted way. Yeah, they're kind of they're frenemies. They're like they're very fake friends. They're very, fake friends. <laughs> very fake friends. They are. They are extremely fake friends. Episode seven. They are the fakest of friends. Yeah. Can we shift to say let's there's <laughs> so much that happens in episode so seven. I feel like seven. we need to get to because because episode six like it's it's over right like it we've we've yeah. talked it here's the story it wraps up we beat the villain everybody goes home yeah we Hooray. saved the day yeah for sure and episode seven's like here's your horny reward <laughs> so first off right off the top it is called the night before the carnival nobody yeah, what's the mentions carnival? What a carnival the, what's a, there's not a single carnival mention there's, there's <laughs> no carnival because guys it's the night before but <laughs> Just, but I literally, I had to like, I had to, I had to like speed through. I had to speed through the last like five minutes of it because I actually stomped and like looked up the seventh one because I was like ten minutes into it the first time I was watching. I was like, is this? I haven't heard anything about a carnival. Is this the right episode? I don't remember. The, let me double check. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I was Wasted like, uh... I'm making so no, no reference to a carnival. Whatsoever is it that they're calling this a whole three ring circus? Because because there's some fucking clowns in this circus. <laughs> yeah, what. right. Absolutely. <laughs> there's some clown shit in this episode. <laughs> this absolute clown shit. I've been talking this one up a lot, and I really do just love this episode so much because it is just there's some great hijinks in it. It's the right? only yeah. thing I want from Tenchi. I don't care about the plottiness. I don't care about the space battles. I just care about these fucking idiots. <laughs> Trying like hell to win the affections of the most nondescript man on the planet. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty looking ass. Dunderheaded ass, bitch. Yep. <laughs> but yes, this episode was not part of the original VHS. If you right. wrote in to get your Tenchi Muyo VHS, they would send you the first six episodes. This came out later. And let me tell you. This is something I only learned as an adult much later. There was a second special VHS release on top of episode seven that is not oh. a numbered episode of Tenshi Muyo that is called the Mihoshi Special. <laughs> I would love to watch it with you guys sometime. Yeah, what? Yes, that? let's let's add it in. Yeah, stick it on the list. The, to the roster somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. So this episode is all about like, <laughs> just the domestic shit. It's it's mm -hmm. the closest we get to just slice of life Tenchi in this seven episode OVA. Mm -hmm. And this is where everybody gets. Ri I, I feel like because you had mentioned before that six first six episodes, not straight, you know, like harem as I've traditionally understood it. Yeah. yeah. And this episode is like, oh, remember what this anime is? Here it is. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right. <laughs> everybody wants to get in Tenchi's pants. Yeah. I mean, quite literally. literally. Some of them quite literally, yes. Uh, I thought that scene was interesting. Um, I I, le I remember leaning back in my chair when I heard when I heard Washu say, let's shake the dew off this lily. Can I tell you, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something crazy? They did yeah. not cut that line in the Toonami broadcast. <laughs> that is the line they used. They show her reaching into his pants. Whoa. 
they got bold on that one. I like, I just, that was the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, Hoshi comes in and she's like, what are you doing? And Hoshi's like, ah, we're just, uh, I'm just essentially playing doctor. No, she says like, we're, we're playing gonna, doctor. Yeah, she says we're playing doctor. And I'm like, <laughs> we're going to, okay. Oh boy. And That's he's not like, an excuse. <laughs> well, I don't think like, Mihoshi knows what that is. No, but I'm just very much like, and the whole time Tenji's just like, I just want to eat. I'm like, who's, who's our, who's fantasy is this that all Masaki you want to do is get breakfast it's Masaki Kajishima's fantasy I'll, t- I'll just all, tell you right all now all you all you want is breakfast and this lady is like please let me let me truly like string your ass up and inspect you like the most ironic of quotes around inspect <laughs> like because I'd be like bacon though this is after like Washu's establishing character moment in this episode, which is demanding to be called Little Washu. So weird. Yeah, what was Out of that? Nowhere. What was that scene? Was of course, that? in the in the Japanese, she's demanding to be referred to as Washu Chan. That's the okay. That's okay. the way they translated that. And Got the thing it. is that Washu is okay. I like Washu the character. I think she's funny. She is one of the most despicable tropes in anime. Uh, which is she is a 20,000 year old adult in the body of a 12 year old child. This is a problem. This is a problem. And this trope never goes away. This trope never goes away. It's still happening. Unfortunately, it still happens. I mean, I use, I make this joke all the time, but like the, one of the most grueling animes I had to get through recently when it came to character development and relationships was Seven Deadly Sins because Meliodas is the exact same. I trope. couldn't get through it for that reason. It I was, had to drop it. It was so hard. I'm like, and I stuck. I stuck with it for the fights. And Bon and King actually have really cool fucking arcs, but I was fucking taking a lot of pee breaks during Meliodas and Elizabeth because. Yeah, he's the same trope as Little Washu. I have not developed any kind of tolerance for that, and uh, no. it, it's it's rough. Oh, no. Like, I mean, I wouldn't have... It got to a point where I just literally wasn't watching those scenes, and mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't necessarily worth my time. But, like, yeah, that first season was gross. First season was gross. I'll go ahead and say right now, just to, to put any f- fears aside... Washu is not sexualized in this series overtly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there is an episode where she builds an adult body for herself, <laughs> and in that episode, she is like a she has like a sexy adult body. But little Washu, the Washu that we see, is mm-hmm. not overtly sexual. Like the the nurse outfit is one thing from this episode, uh, but right. they don't really go back to that well. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just really like the 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 lecher like the the lecherousness of the Uh character that's really what it is right like it's not even Mm -hmm. like oh like is she sexualized or not it's the fact that she knows how old she is in relation to everybody else and she acts like that and it's like (laughs) you know and it's like regardless of the gender of the character it's like come on (laughs) you're immortal yeah i'm gonna need you to not it's always difficult for me with these things because it is it's this idea of like Oh, well, it's explained, right? She's 20,000 <laughs> yeah. years old, or it's yeah. in the story. And I'm like, yes, but somebody wrote that, my yeah. dude. This, she's right. a fake character. She does not exist in the real world. That was a choice. Yeah, I don't know. So it's like there's some moments where it's like clever, and then there's some moments where I'm like, ooh, <laughs> well, mm. <laughs> like it's like, no, thank you. And what makes ooh. it even more complex to me is that it this scene comes right off what I thought was one of the best jokes in the whole episode which is yeah. where Aika's in her room trying to get help from her, and she's like, uh, you gotta help me with this seed, and watch you answer a flower pot. Oh, yeah. 
that was good. That was and, very good. And the line <laughs> is, really have a flower pot. <laughs> That's all it is. It's have a flower pot. Yes. Uh, not in the Japanese uh, script at all. <laughs> they added that for the Americans. That's very good. That one was no, it was really funny. I mean, I loved that. I also loved Rio Oki's subplot of just trying oh to eat God. every carrot, every carrot within a five mile radius. But I love Rio Oki for forever. In the beginning of the episode, Tenshi is seen working the field, and yeah. he tells her that all of these carrots are for her. Yes. What are you doing, man? What is this? <laughs> well, I don't have to go to school anymore, but I do have to farm. Uh, like several plots of land be- for my little pet rabbit cat. Oh, it's, it's, hold on. It's actually, well, it's a spaceship. That's why I have to, uh, let, let me take it back. Um, so these <laughs> girls are living with me. And <laughs> Rent, $500. Groceries, $120. Carrot seeds, $5,000. <laughs> so great. Please help me. My space girlfriends are starving. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah. Yes. It's really cute how um, Ryo Oki... Nobody ever gets mad at Ryo Oki either for, like, causing all of these problems. They just accept (laughs) that she is the way she is, and that's fine. Ayaka got mad at her when she's trying to plant her her chip. (laughs) Ryo Oki tries to eat it, and she's like, it's not a carrot! But she's the only one who actually gets mad. But then Ryoki cries, and then she feels really bad. So I guess she doesn't really get mad at her. She always got that cute factor, right? It's uh, this is how all technology in the future will work. Uh, It when it when it acts up, it will just be too cute for you to get upset with. Like, ah man, I can't get mad at my car uh, because (laughs) it is a very cute anime uh, bunny. It's fuck. (laughs) I accidentally s- s- gave away all your passwords and credit card information. <laughs> oh, no. I just, I'm just thinking about my kettle, like, apologizing for, like, s- like burning my tea. And oh, no, really I scalded your little hand. I, s- I scalded your I guess your it's fine <laughs> bandaging myself. <laughs> Yeah, like squeezing aloe onto my hand. No, no, don't cry. Stop, stop crying. Please, please, please. It's bad for your burner. Please don't cry. Please don't cry. What did you guys think of this plan by Ryoko and Ayaka to uh, get Tenchi all to themselves? To essentially get the other girls out of the picture, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Without killing them. <laughs> with Yeah, notably, with don't kill them. Don't kill them. That was hard for both of them. <laughs> I missed the part where they got rid of Washu. I was going to ask if anybody caught that. It was a throwaway line, I think. Yeah. Were they going to like lock her in her <sighs> force field area or something? As if you could lock Washu in anywhere. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, There's what? this great moment that when I was a kid was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life, which is when Ryoko's about to do the prank call and she goes to, um, she goes to grandpa's, Okay, yeah. Where Grandpa's is, chilling. And she, like, stumbles over her words and then is like, can I just use your phone for a second? Yeah. Um, but the real gag that I that I caught this time that I never caught as a kid is that she's on the phone with Mihoshi. And Yosho, <laughs> without looking back, picks up his table, moves closer to the phone, puts the table back down, and continues drinking his tea. <laughs> it's so good. Like, he just <laughs> absolutely lifts the whole table up. 
scoots back, yeah. sets right. it down. Sets it down. And I like how he's just like, hmm. After it, like, just is just mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to interfere. I'm just going to be here for shenanigans. This is like, the most fun I've had in, in 700 years. And then, and then just gives Tenchi's hand away to every woman who asks. Mm-hmm. That, was, oh, yeah. that was hilarious. <laughs> He's like talking to Mihoshi and saying, like, you'd be a good girlfriend for Tenchi, I think. <laughs> And then, like, Ryoko's like, can I marry Tenchi? And he's like, sure, you can marry. (laughs) I don't give a shit. Fine. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. I've been alive for 700 years, and I've only known this kid for 17 of them. So, you know, you can do whatever you want, as far as I'm concerned. We're related, apparently. I mean, go off. Go off, I guess. Real quick, what is he doing now? Like, with, I mean, generally, with his life. Like, what is, what is Yosho's purpose? Oh, he works at the shrine. Writing inspirational quotes. He tends the he tends the shrine and he writes inspirational quotes. He's just he's just hang, this is his retirement essentially. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I can respect that. Stevie, what did you get any insight onto like what he's doing in that in that moment when he's just he was sort of sitting, <laughs> he was writing like poetry or like grandpaisms or something. Yeah, it's for the book <laughs> he's writing, I guess. Yeah, he's writing a book called Tenchi Muyo. Whoa. Dude. <laughs> Not very much dad in this episode. Not a lot of Nobuyuki Masaki. No. Mm-mm. We haven't gotten a lot of dad at all, I Dad kind of no, disappeared really since the hot springs incident. Yeah. He just kind of, we just left him there. Just they left him, him in the hot springs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. When they wake up at the end of episode seven in the floating bathhouse, it's only Tenchi and the girls. <laughs> dad and uh. grandpa are nowhere to be seen. They just noped out. They were like, cool, you got this, my dude. See you later. You guys destroyed my house. <laughs> I built that. He's an adult. He probably went to go get a hotel. Honestly, yeah. Truly. I, uh, enough of this. Right. You can go wreck the, wreck the lot all you want. If you need me, I will be down at the Holiday Inn. Just call me if you need me. No problem. The ending of this episode, I thought, didn't really hit that hard. Like, the, the joke at the end of the episode is very funny, where... Um, Ryoko and Ayoko both forget about the trapped on uh, on Tenchi's door. Yes. The uh, the episode just kind of ends. There's not really a lead into the next stuff, and there's also not really a conclusion to anything that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. all just kind of see that that Ryuo is it has sprouted and is growing again. Um, and that's kind they do of it. plant that seed. Doesn't um, Sasami have like a spooky dream? Oh yes! That somebody's coming for Tenchi. Yes. Okay, yeah. so that does set up. That is to set up. They OVA do plant two. a little bit of a seed there, but I, I agree with you, Newland, in that like both episodes six and seven, neither of them had like a a, a definitive I, I don't know sort of like finality to them. No. Um. I mean, six did in a sense of like wrapping up that storyline. Right. But uh, especially with it leading into seven. It is like, okay, well, and this is this like we've established kind of the status quo, but also we blew up the house. I don't know where they're going. <laughs> right. It was very the end was very unresolved. Um yeah. like it kind of it kind of gave me the vibe of what every first season of a TV show does nowadays, where they're like, Well, we're gonna leave a lot of loose ends in case we get picked up by somebody or we get greenlit for another season. Well, um, in this case, was a solid bet, right? Yeah, solid yes. bet, right? Yes, for because sure. it was so tremendously popular that they had, mm-hmm. had to create two extra episodes for it. Right, right. And then, like, apparently 50, you know, uh, offshoot. Goddamn spinoffs. Uh, fucking mm-hmm. spinoffs. <laughs> yeah. Fucking had to make a code programming spinoff off of spinoff. 
and when this aired on Toonami, they went straight from this into the six episodes in OVA 2. So there is, right. they blow the house up, and the next episode, the house is fine, and there's nothing. Wait, is, what? Yeah. <laughs> they never addressed the house? I think there's some hand-waving, like Washu built them a new one or something like that, because that's That the would thing. make sense, yeah. She had a magic house-building machine or something. Well, Washu's, Washu's got to be the Deus Ex, yeah. They've eliminated their need to explain anything. Right. Now that we've got super, the greatest genius in the history of the universe. She's like, oh, yeah, no, that's just bending space time. I do that for breakfast. So, yeah, that's Washu. That makes sense, though. Did y'all notice the silhouettes beside the mysterious woman in Sasami's dream? No. No. They're, so this whole, this is introducing a concept that it's not spoilers for me to talk about because it's like very early in the next series that they get into it. There is this concept in the Tenchi Muyo continuity of like, these three all-powerful goddesses that exist in the universe and, like, control everything from the shadows. Oh. Yeah, I played this game. It was it uh, it was called um, uh, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but that kind of... Wait, so then I have a question, Newland. Mm-hmm. Does that mean two of those goddesses are the two goddesses in Magical Girl Sasami? Is that one of... Or is, is that... One of them might be. Oh, yay! so good at guessing so this is why i got a 17 on my act yeah I'm so good at guessing good See, job I'm so, I'm so good at guessing thank you jeffrey bezos we did it congratulations <laughs> sorry what's he have to what no what's he have no to do with this? we're not we're not familiar with Burnham. jeffrey bezos you did it oh okay congratulations <laughs> sorry i got it thank you i feel seen <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I know we're 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 um, taking up a lot of time here today, but uh, to be honest, this is the end of Tenchi, and I feel yeah. like um, here at the Anime Club, when we finish something, what's the plan here? Should we talk a little bit more overall? About I'd love the series? to. I mean, what were our thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. I've said so much about Tenchi. I'm more interested in hearing what you what you all have to say. Okay. Um, go ahead, Stevie. Go ahead. Okay. Um. So, as somebody who truly had only known Tenchi from absolutely like the last like the 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 ending the ending song watching it before whatever came after tenchi and and tsunami all those years ago this was a really fun hilarious surprise especially watching it as an adult um mostly because i'm too aware of too many things now as an adult so many things i would have missed when i was like 10 but um it was really fun and i'm actually very interested in watching the rest of it like i I've never really, I've never hated harem animes. I just never really got into them. And so, like, I wasn't familiar with the format at all. So it was cool to see it, cool to watch it. Really cool animations, fun characters, goofy plot lines. Like, yeah, I would absolutely watch um, again. Um, I guess... I guess I would give it an eight out of 10 because uh, nobody's perfect. And I was like, continuity, but also... It's not kind of the point, so I'd give it a proper 8.5 to 9 out of 10. I would wow. watch this. I would continue this series. I like it a lot. I, I think it's fun. It's very funny. I have to me. agree on a lot of those points, Stevie. I mean, I think one of the most difficult things for me here was watching this with the weight of context as in, like, an adult anime fan. You know? Right. Like, the ability, I've seen so much, and so coming back now to this, which, Newland, I know for you is kind of foundational, and for a lot of people was. I mean, this oh, yeah. was 
um, mm-hmm. a, a very early show. And as you know, as the point here of of uh, after school anime club talking about this specific point in time, I'm honestly like I remember seeing so many of the uh, ads for this show, like on Toonami all the time. They really pushed it. Yeah. And I remember I was very, uh, you know, I was pretty young at the time. And I remember looking at this and saying, um, I think this would be dangerous for me to watch. Um, and having like having the awareness to know that, OK, um, I, I don't know if I can watch this, <laughs> but I have to say, I really enjoyed this it, here, like as an adult watching this, the, the gags. Some of the action here, uh, the voice acting really grew on me. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed watching this moment to moment. I don't know if I can give it an 8.5 where I stand now, and we're going to see how it is as we move through here. I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. I, I see the quality here. I see the potential. Mm-hmm. I like what it's doing. I kind of just wish it had, it had done it a little bit better. That's real. Mm-hmm. I, think, That's real. I think you two are going to love Tenchi Universe, the actual TV series that they made. That's yeah. my prediction. I think that be, I think it suffered from having to be to stick to such a, a small amount of time. Like it had to have yes. a tight format, and they could. It had a lot of limitations. It yeah, had a lot this of was, limitations, and it kind of an uphill out. fight. Yeah, like plot wise, there was a lot that they set up, and they're like, "Oh shit, we need to cover it." <laughs> um, and then they like they they were just they were constrained by time. And so I think that that's why I'm like, I'll give it 8.5 because I like where they could go. Um, but the, the biggest drawback, yeah, biggest drawback is the plot was entirely too loose sometimes. And, and I mentioned in the last episode, this is kind of like a rough draft of the Tenchi franchise. Like they, right. they look it feels they, like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Releasing this as an OVA weirdly gave them the chance to kind of reevaluate some things and like see what's working and what is like maybe Masaki Kajishima's own thing that we can we can remove from this for 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 more mass appeal. Um, yeah. And in fact, earlier today, after I finished watching these, I went and watched the first episode of Tenchi Universe. And the thing is, there there are trade-offs when you go from something that is produced as a direct-to-video thing to a broadcast television series. Like, it doesn't look as stunning mm-hmm. and beautiful as the OVA does. Right, um, right. Like, it still has nice backgrounds, but they're not this, like, gorgeous Bob Ross hand-painted kind of stuff. But there is there are some very slight changes to the characterization they they make a lot of there are some some more interesting plot ideas in it and of course it's 26 episodes so like they have nothing but time to develop these characters and like actually create plots that lead into each other and like involve the characters in a specific way and like hint at histories it it's a much more contiguous it hangs together better uh, in the end Good. in my opinion yeah but that's all preview <laughs> We'll get there eventually. Yep. It's worth noting, I guess, that the in Toonami, they bought the first two OVAs and Universe all together. So they ran Tenchi Muyo, Tenchi Muyo um, episodes 6 through 12, and then they ran Tenchi Universe right after that. So this was like a confusing time to be an anime fan because oh. you would have watched these 13 episodes and been like, oh, I know these characters. Huh. And then the whole thing starts over, but it's yeah, different Yeah, it gets time. like, it got completely retconned halfway through. Oh, God. Yeah, that would be super confusing. Yeah. But as you mentioned, Max, we're 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 done with Tenchi Muyo for now. And for beca- now, because for I now. want to because I am not purely self-indulgent being and there are so many other good animes out there. Uh, we had a conversation about this off the air, but I'll go ahead and introduce it now. 
For the next episode, we're going to be dipping into another Toonami classic. This one from 2001 called Outlaw Star. Let's go. Let's I'm go. I'm excited. We're jumping ahead a little bit in the timeline. We are. This is going to be, I think, some. there's going to be some differences. Oh, it's going to be wild. I have not seen this one. Okay. I have oh. never seen a single episode of this, despite it being recommended to me on on several occasions in the past. This is like, uh, if I had to describe Outlaw Star in like a quick elevator pitch way, it's like, it's kind of like Cowboy Bebop's ignored stepbrother. Yes. In that it is is dealing with a lot of the same like settings, ideas, and similar world buildings. But Mm -hmm. it has a totally different, a completely different spin. The characters Mm -hmm. interact with each other in a totally different way. I like the characters better in Outlaw Star than yeah. in Cowboy Bebop, personally. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know. This is going to be really interesting. I yeah. think, think you're going to love it. I think this is yeah. right up your alley. Yeah. Oh, man. My, my take yes. Is, my take is re- a Bebop with a reluctant hero in it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. it's, it's Bebop with a reluctant hero in it. And because... Where Bebop is so noir, there's a lot of noir in Outlaw Star, but and they don't they don't just force you to just sit with noir characters yeah. that you're clearly meeting at a certain point in their life. Whereas That's good insight. You're, you're meeting Outlaw Star people at a certain point in their life, but you get enough backstory to know where they where they came from and where they're going. Um, whereas like character development in and Bebop is a little bit more vague and unclear. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more muddied. Outlaw Star is a little bit clearer. But I'm really looking forward to y'all watching this as adults because yeah, I watched it as Uh-oh. a kid and then went back and watched it as a grown up, and I have got some opinions. <laughs> got oh, some opinions. Uh, I would also like to recommend once again the English dub just for the authentic kid living in yes. America growing yeah, yeah. up experience. Because yes. we're being authentic tsunami heads here, um, r- real tsunami heads mm-hmm. uh, only. <laughs> um, <laughs> We are, uh, yeah, I I say, you know, moving forward, the dub, I may dip into the Japanese side a little bit Mm -hmm. just to hear what it was like, but I feel like the authentic experience here lies within the dub. How is this introduced to the youth of America? Yeah. Does anybody have that, have this thing where like, if you try to go back and like watch an, an anime that you know you watched as a kid and you try to watch it subbed, your brain's like, no. This, no, this isn't right. This is wrong. Yeah. Who are these people? <laughs> That's not Ryoko. I tried. I tried without Lost Star. Dude, and I was like, no, 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 no. I got to tell you, uh-uh. there is a reason I did not want, I, like, one of the main reasons, so there, there is, the, we have the anime club, like, idea, the, like, dub, the, like, early anime from the 90s and 2000s, but one of the big reasons I did not want to bring any of the later Tenchi stuff in this is because Patria Burchard stops voicing Ryoko. Oh, oh. makes sense. They bring yeah. in... And I don't want to throw shade because the person they bring in to do Ryoko's voice, Mona Marshall, incredibly talented voice actor who has hundreds of credits under her belt. She's brilliant. She's just not Ryoko to me. That's real. No, that's real. It's a personal thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, one last tease. uh, Outlaw Star is the trope codifier for something that would become so huge in sci-fi that you're going to see it and go... Oh my God. Yep. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so yes. Yeah, so for the first, for next episode, watch the first two episodes of Outlaw Star. Um, I forget the names of them, but they, they, fo- the first four episodes form a tight little arc. And so I figure we'll do one episode on one and two and then one episode on three and four. 
yeah. looking forward to it. I want to apologize. You know, a little earlier in, in, in the call today, I was quiet. Um, you know, this is a harem anime, and I didn't want to bring it up because I was a little embarrassed, but I feel like I, I have to say it now. I had a really bad nosebleed, um, and it felt like I was living my life in an anime. Oh, no, are you okay? You were sick I'm last fine. week, and Genuinely, now you got a nosebleed? No, no, I'm, I am fine. It okay. was just like, it started happening, and I was like, and I, I, I was like, anime? <laughs> anime did this? <laughs> If you or someone you know has been harmed by anime, <laughs> get in touch. It's a real thing that happens to people. It's not just what happens when a when an anime guy gets horny. I have never randomly. Did you know that? <laughs> Did you yeah. know noses can bleed when you're not this horny? Is the Actually, I didn't tell you guys. This is the first nosebleed I've ever had. It was really freaking it's me crazy. out. Crazy. No, I'm kidding. That's that's where <laughs> air goes. Only air and boogers. <laughs> Kostrak, I want nothing but the best for you. I am so stressed. <laughs> think no, it was very funny. I just didn't want to interrupt with it. Um, but here, here at the end cap, I just wanted to mention that was my handicap for today's episode. This week's meeting of the After School Anime Club has come to a close. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you, and if you'd like to follow us online, you can at Anime Club Pod on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Max Newland underscore. Uh, Kostrak, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. It's at Max underscore attacks, safety dog. I don't do much on there, but come over and say hi. And Stevie, how about you? You can also find me on Twitter and sometimes on Instagram under the handle A Smattering on both platforms. And like I say every time, our show is very new, so the best thing you can do to support us is leave a five-star review with a rating on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. And the offers, offer is still open. If you leave us a five-star review that is particularly funny or entertaining and has uh, our, our show's recommended daily value of chicken-headed shit, which is zero, I will read zero. it on the air. None. No chicken-headed cool. shit. Be cool. Come on. Come on. You know. Rule you number just... one, be cool. Rule number two, come on. Come on. <laughs> did we just we just accidentally did a fucking McElroy bit? God damn it. Did, did we? Yeah, they did that. They did the fucking. Oh, man. All right. Well, it's like that episode of fucking South Park. Simpsons did it. Yeah, Simpsons did it. Yeah. These three dudes record every waking minute of their lives. Someone's going to accidentally do one of their bits. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's enough That's enough Inside <laughs> Podcast. We're so glad we got to spend this time with you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you at the next meeting. After School Anime Club is a proud member of the Moonshot Network. Find more great shows like ours by following at Moonshot Pods on Twitter and Moonshot Network on Twitch. You can also support the work we do at patreon.com slash moonshot network.
Thank you.